Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Angel with Michael Kahn, if that's me. We're a podcast devoted to angels, adventure capitalists, family offices, investment firms, private equity, hedge funds, you name it, people who put money into things and ideas. We're a companion podcast to The Accelerator, and both podcasts are available on all the major platforms, including Audible, Amazon, Apple. Um, and also Spotify and, and YouTube for video as well as audio. Um, you can find me at michaelconniff.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-O-N-N-I-F-F.com. And remember to always rate us, rank us, uh, subscribe to us, and follow us uh, wherever and whenever possible. And today I want to welcome to the podcast, Derek uh, Bedia. Uh, I, I asked you to pronounce, I'm going to let you pronounce your last name. Derek Bidiaco. Bidiaco. I had it. I had it all set up. I was ready to say it. He's a senior <laughs> vice president of Transbay Capital Partners, um, also a founder at Rapid Growth Property. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Eric. Good to have you. Thank you so much, Michael. Uh, it's Rapid Growth Properties. Rapid Growth Properties. Rapid Growth Properties. Okay. So um, let's start with um, um, Transbay. We'll get into your journey a little bit. Um, but Transbay Capital Partners is focused on real estate. So why don't you tell us what you're looking for and how you're set up and how you go about accomplishing what you're trying to do with that? Yeah, absolutely. So with us, what we generally tend to look for, we try to look for experienced sponsors, sponsors that have been in the business that generally have a track record for us to be able to come in and help finance. So what that track record may entail is anywhere between, let's say, a commercial real estate product, if they're looking to build multiple, like mixed use properties, if they're looking to build a neighborhood, if they're looking to build a building, as long as it's four units or more, we actually tend to look for that. And we also tend to look for sponsors that have the liquidity to be able to support the project that they're working on, as well as a 10% reserve in order to be able to make sure that the project is underwritable and we're able to actually take it to our lenders and our lenders say, yes, this is the type of deal that we'd want to do. And then the exciting part with Transbay as well is that we also work up and down with the capital stack. So it's not just basically senior. That's all, all the, all the mortgage per se. Just to kind of note, just kind of like play the air on what senior is. Essentially, senior is a mortgage on a property, and Transbate Capital Partners just specialize in that. But we're able to bring in MES as well as preferred equity, and then along with the preferred equity, sometimes participate participate in lenders that will actually even participate on the general equity itself. So basically, what that okay. would yes. Yeah, you might ask you to unwind that a little bit. So mezzanine financing, I think you were talking about it. So so um, take one of your projects and explain like how those different pieces come into play. Of course. So generally speaking, let's say we'll walk you through a development project, right? Where for better ease, better use of numbers, we'll call it one million, right? So on that one million, generally speaking, if it's a development project, you're able to generally get about let's say up to half a million in terms of in terms of debt on the deal. So give or take, sometimes the lender may have their criteria where they'll say, hey, if, if the project is, if the if we can give you 50% on the deal, um, generally that will be, quote unquote, some lenders are different. Some lenders will say, hey, we'll give you up to 65% LTV, which is loan to value of, of the value of the, of the land. And then, of course, when you have a development land, there's two different avenues, right? There's two different values of the land there. There's entitled value, and then there's also unentitled value. So these these two values are different value points. We're depending on where you are in the stage of the business. Let's say if it's just raw land, and if we're going to finance you on just raw land, the, land, the lender may say, hey, I can give you up to 50% of that value. So then on the other 50%, on, uh, in terms of the other 50%, 
out of the whole hundred percent capital stack, you yourself will have to come up with the five with the other with the extra five hundred thousand dollars. So on that extra five hundred thousand dollars for better like use of numbers, what when it comes to MES, we can be able to potentially bring in up to whether fifteen to twenty five percent of that on MES, which is to help increase the value of that loan for you. And then basically after that, there's also what's called a pref. Preferred rate rate of return is generally, in terms, it's very similar to raising equity, but the preferred rate of return is a specific number and a specific hurdle that you bring in investors for that you'll guarantee a certain rate of return for them for. And then in turn, you'll turn around and quote unquote, once the deal is sold, return to pref and then basically put in your own equity, which would then, if you're looking to build a capital stack, could be another 15, another 25%, I'm sorry, 15% of the additional capital stack that's required, which would then be building the full 100% of the deal. So basically with Transmate Capital Partners, we would speak a specialized up and down the full capital stack, meaning we're able to help bring in capital on all avenues of that end. Now, of course, within this world, the easiest part for us to bring the capital for is the quote unquote the senior, which is the mortgage, mortgage on the property. And of course, and then on the other end, we bring in some of our relationships of MES lenders as well as potentially equity groups, or basically we'll have a lender that's done so well in the marketplace that this lender will say, hey, I like this deal so much, I'll leave alone to put in some of my own money because your partnership group is, is a partnership group that I believe can deliver and get this across the finish line. And, and what, um, give us an example um, from the real world of um, a project where you've been involved in this fashion. Yeah, so a project the way we've been involved in this passion was basically, it's called the, I try to be stay a little, a little bit away because of NDAs, but we had a large $400 million project. It was a, hotel apartments, as well as mixed-use components of it and large parking structure, where we then went ahead and for this large capital group, we went ahead and were able to provide for them immediately as soon as we underwrote them, just based on they, they having about 15, at least well, at the very minimum, I'll call it about 21 years of experience. The developer has been in the business for, in terms of their, their group as a collective, Developer's been in the business, actually, developer's name is Chuck. He's been in the business for over 30 years, actually, to be honest with you. And then basically formed the corporation where he's, he's looking to raise money for this mega, mega, megaplex of a, of a project that they've developed. And it's, it's a, it's a 400, $400 total million dollar development project. Uh, we went ahead and underwrote the deal in terms of just what's available in entitlement value, the LTV. We, we went ahead and placed about $200 million in, in, in debt, in senior debt on the deal. And then from there, we went ahead and bought, raised, the, raised the equity preference, the preferred equity preference, MES preference. They can be used interchangeably, right? We raised another $115 million on it. And then afterwards, bought in a, a private equity group that was interested and bought in another $60 million in the deal. And then the, the developer truck went ahead and then bought in a very small piece of, let's say, between there, it was around like an extra $15 million, give or take, on the deal. And that was an example of a deal that we drove across the finish line. In terms of how that worked out with the full two hundred million dollars in capital stack was actually also raised for. And another project that we had did was also here in Boston, where it's a very large deal. It's about a five hundred million dollar deal. And then on that part, we didn't get the senior part, but we were able to bring in about we were able to bring in about one hundred and twenty five million on the on the equity side for the investment group for them to be able to close out that part, that whole gap, that whole gap after they they got the deal together and titled it, build up value, and then and basically lenders. Lenders loved what they what they had going on, and also to the value on that deal was actually quite substantial. Where the after repair value, all, all the all, all the photo creation value on that was worth about one point five billion. So lenders saw it as a deal that made a lot of sense for them to come in and put in put in the money that's needed. Because at the end of the day, at the very least, 
if this deal was to go south, their return back after they sold the property, after it's entitled, was significantly higher than the monies that they would have in. Hmm. And how do you find the lenders? How do we find the lenders? <laughs> well, luckily for me, Transbay has a bunch of them. So they went ahead and uh, I don't want to give away our sources, but I can't. No, I can't no, I don't give the names. I'm just, I'm just curious. Um, uh, and obviously, you have pre-existing relationships. But what, yes. let me rephrase that. What type of lenders are attracted to this kind of deal? What are they looking for? So, in terms of the type of lenders that are looking for this, they generally may be private debt funds, basically, large family institutions, uh, private debt funds, and then there are also groups that. Like there are groups that tend to be around for for a while. Like I'll give you an example. One of one of one of the lenders that we've that we've engaged with and we work with right now is they are large, a large. They've been around for about a hundred years. They started out as a real estate development development group. Then basically they went ahead and then they transitioned into going into lending. So lenders lenders tend to be very successful investors themselves or large institutions, debt funds that raise capital that want to put money into these type of ventures because they see that as a good return. And then sometimes, of course, we may, we may, we may discover lenders through like our general network, people that we know are, we also find lenders through, 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 through our attorneys as well, as well. We have these discussions with them. And, and then also to aside from with our attorneys, we also do have it where we also do find sponsors through our, through our attorneys as well, like estate attorneys and things of that nature. But lenders generally are a dime a dozen. You can go online and search them and basically find them and then just talk to them and make sure that, Hey, is this is this is this basically this lender? Is this lender the type of lender that we're specifically looking for? So lenders are quite easy to find. Networking groups, uh, industry industry events, a bunch a bunch uh, through 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 just walking down this not walking down the street, but in my neighborhood, just as if I would find a I would find a mortgage lender per se, or if I go to my bank, I would ask, hey, do you guys do anything in terms of commercial? So a simple Google search can help us do that. Uh, industry events can help us do that. Constant, constant, uh, constant. What do you call it? Constant marketing and searching online could also help us do that. So there's so many different avenues, so many different paths to find lenders. Just as if you're looking for a deal, Mike, you're, you're looking to literally finance your house. You're looking to finance a project. You search for lenders online. We do that, but we do it on a more on a more institutional basis, and that's how we find lenders, sure. basically. And what? Um... How did you get into this, and what is it about this, this uh, about the real estate business, the lending business in particular that appeals to you? How did this yeah. get started? So, boy, I always what appeals to me is the fact that we're able that I love real estate in general, right? And basically, it gives me the opportunity to be able to continue to participate in it from more of a safer avenue per se than going out there and actually building like a rapid, right? Not that rapid is is not safe. I feel like I feel like they both have their pros and cons, but I got into it just out of the sheer nature of just loving architecture, like going, going downtown and seeing all the structures that are that are all high up and just seeing the beauty of it, right? So for me, that that really excited me, and that's how I began to to, to get the to get the excitement to, to get in. And then once I got in, uh, basically learning 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 from different mentors, apprenticeship programs, and, and different courses and different different schools, learning that learning that, I went ahead and then I was able to be smart enough. To actually partner up uh, with an existing real estate company, that then they didn't have a finance branch at that time. But I, but what I did have is I did have relationships with, with with developers in the Boston area. So then what I said was, hey, this you know this individual that I worked with, Herb. I was like, hey, Herb, um, what do you think about maybe us? You know, you have you have a few investors that 
that are looking for deals here, international as well as national, they're looking for deals, they're looking for money, and they're looking to place money in general into, into the U.S. What do you think, at that point in time, it was an EB, EB5 fund that Herb was actually working on. And I said, Herb, what do you think if we just went ahead and kind of set up a set up something where we just made introductions and, and you know, and then maybe, 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 maybe try to make some money on, on the debt side of it and then basically go from there. So then that's how it started, basically, just to, just to answer your question, just to a genuine inquisitive nature of wanting to learn more and just wanted to know how to break into the industry. And then one thing leading to another, being in real estate already right after college and then, and then having, having the ingenuity to, 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 to put two and two together and say, hey, if, there's, if, if, this, if this opportunity doesn't exist, immediately right now because at that point i had no idea that you can actually just join a firm basically but it's also difficult right depending on the type of firm that you try to join some of them may be salary based some of them may not be so so there's like different there's way there's way different avenues and different different paths of doing it but what i my path basically for me was just this true shared nature natural nature of being able to literally just form a, a, a not a partnership but but more of a uh, of, of a hey apprenticeship way can i come in and help you build something that can really help me to be able to learn more about what it is that I'm really interested in and then go from there. So that's how I found out. Just really being able to have a very high interest in private equity, uh, wanted to figure out what, how things work, you know what I mean? And then from there, I went ahead and, and put one and two together and then grew from there. So it was, or, it was very organic. Yeah, you liked architecture. That's a good good reason. I love architecture. And, and I, know, yeah. I know you're focused on Boston, on Boston to some degree, but... Um, I understand you have a big project in Houston. Can you tell us about that one? Yes. So we have a huge $1.5 billion project in Houston where this deal was wow. brought to us. Yeah, it, it was brought to us. Um, and when it was brought to us at that time, we focused here a lot on rapid on larger deals. Our last deal that we got off was about a $650 million deal. Uh, the deal was worth, I think, like at that point, $800 or $900 million. So it made a lot of sense for us to explore it further. Um, so basically with, with our, with our, with our, with our network, knowing that we were focused on large institutional projects, which by the way, Mike, we had, went ahead and changed that a little bit because we found it to be a little bit easier to, to kind of do deals that are a little bit smaller. It's much lower hanging fruit, but this large project is a, about well, 382 Ritz Carlton development project. And then there's also another 452, um, basically 452 condos. And then on the bottom of that project, we also have a casino that um, basically we're building, basically, and basically we're building that casino. And altogether, the the full deal structure on that, we're looking at about 1.5. Um, right now, we're approached by the, the our development managers to, to to be the equity part to come in and and bring in the rest of the resources to, to close that deal up. So this would be a Class A asset. Um, on that Class A asset, it's one of the probably newest products in Vegas, basically. I'm giving a lot, a little bit too much that I'm supposed to on the deal because obviously I'm not supposed to talk about it in that high. I'm supposed to talk about it on a very high level. But basically, this is a project that we've been working on and we're looking to raise some capital for. And at the end of the day, it's with a fantastic management team, um, fantastic, very flexible um, capital side, which is on our side, on Rapid, to be able to bring in the resources for it. And we're looking to pretty much bring in the institutions that are interested. And we have had some, some really household institutions that do have an interest in working with us, along with us bringing in a portion of our capital as well. So if there's any of your listeners that are interested, we can get an NDA and we can really go ahead and dive in deep on that project as we speak. So basically, that's that's that on that Vegas deal, basically. Um, it's what a very- it sounds like a casino at the 
uh, underneath a Ritz. Yes, which the, I don't think I've heard of that before. That's, the, a, that's the, a new one. The flag, no, no, the flag that we're that we're in negotiations with would be would be the Ritz. Like I said, I'm speaking a little bit too much about it, especially since it's under okay. NDA. I shouldn't we won't hold exactly. you to it. I'm sorry. Okay, we we won't hold you to it. We won't hold you to it. We, we don't want you to get in trouble. But let me let me shift focus if I could to um, Rapid Growth Properties, um, which is the other hat that you wear. It's the company that you founded. Um, and how is that different from Transband? What's the what's the focus of Rapid Growth Partners? So the Rapid Growth Partners is generally an institutional institutional group institutional capital, not allocator. Rapid Growth. And Transbay is Transbay is a capital allocator, right? Where they'll work for developers. So what Rapid Growth has done, I'm sorry, I meant to say Transbay. Transbay will is, is a capital allocator. So what what Transbay will do is, if there's a developer that's that has an interest and wanted to go ahead and pretty much develop the project, Rapid not Rapid Growth, but Transbay will then come in and help bring in the, the money that's needed for the deal. Whereas sure. Rapid growth is the opposite. They are the developers and the institutions behind actually doing the project and going vertical. So that is the difference. So Transbay Capital is more of an out capital allocator. And then Rapid Growth Properties is more of the developer, the operators behind the project, basically. So that is the difference. So you develop your own, with Rapid Growth, you develop your own projects, essentially? Exactly. We, we, go, we go and negotiate, talk to sellers, and then basically go from there. Coin and joint venture partnerships with with different operators, very well well experienced operators as well, and then go from there. So that's the difference. We're actually on the sponsorship side versus the uh, the debt allocator side. Oh, and also I too, by the way, um, when you mentioned uh, the first that you've seen with uh, with with, um, if you can elaborate more by what you mean by the first you've seen with uh, the Ritz Carlton and, and the casino, um, just so that you know, we don't have any ownership in the casino. So I, I just want to. Very, 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 very clear with that for you, and explain to me what yeah. you mean by you know you've never seen that before because based on what we're looking at, we have no ownership. We're only building that structure based on the fact that we actually get some sort of a of a discount on the on the on the rent versus basically. So basically, that's the reason why the structure is being built. But we take we have no ownership whatsoever in the casino whatsoever, and ours is yeah. just pure hospitality play. So if you can explain to me what do you mean no, by you've never seen it, I, I'd love to. to the proximity, you know, uh, there's certain hotels. I guess they're all in the casino business now. I could be wrong about this, but I don't automatically associate Ritz with casinos. Um, no, neither have. Maybe, okay. maybe yeah. I should. Uh, maybe I should start doing that. Yeah. Okay. No worries. No worries. The reason why I asked about that is because then that's just another thing that we'll have to like go ahead and make sure that we have a discussion with 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 the development manager, right? Say, hey. Basically, we were on this podcast and we've heard that this had never been happen happened before. And then what our main focus is we just want to make sure that our capital and our money's going in is tied up first before we, we, we continue to engage and, and move forward on the deal. But thank you for bringing this up because that's going to be a discussion in the boardroom that I'm definitely going to bring up and say, hey, if, and this, I'm a very, very straightforward. I'm a very transparent, straightforward person. And I'll find out and I'll, I'll have our attorneys look into it a little bit further and see, and see if this is something that, that based on this conversation might it's something that we should have checked into a little bit further, right? So thank you for that. I just wanted to let you know. So that's why I, I wanted to go back and see if this is something that, hey, is, is it a lie that the development managers that are on it, this doesn't exist. So basically, we should kind of do a little bit more better due diligence. But our main focus has been trying to make sure that we get the capital to be able to engage first. We didn't want to go ahead and engage on a $1.5 billion project and not have the partnerships in place. It would just make us look 
looked very unprofessional. So but that was our biggest concern. Sure. Basically, that's yeah. So thank you so much for that, Michael. I just wanted to like oh, appreciate sure. you bringing that sure. attention to the uh, table. Accidental insights. Um, I, I wanted to just in terms of rapid growth. So I asked you to give some examples of Transbay. Um, what would be a good example of how rapid growth works? Oh, so the way that rapid growth really works is we tend to, from where we are, we tend to be be, be very, very, very methodical about our, about our partnership. So we look for strategic partnerships. So with rapid growth, we have the ability to be able to talk ourselves, well, not talk ourselves, but get ourselves involved in some of the best projects in the world. And so, so basically, with rapid growth, our main main investment strategy when we go into when we go into an area we look to invest in the best location with the best product the best building and overall when we underwrite we look for it at the lowest cost basis right so generally speaking when we look at these three if if let's say if they meet two out of the three like i'll give an example we have a a cost a, a, lo a local deal that we're looking at now it meets two great location uh, great product, great, 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 great building that we're going to put up. But the cost at this point is very questionable, right? So what we'll then do is we'll just say, with an underwriting, we'll say, yes, this is something that we, we have an interest in. If not, no problem. But if we do have an interest, we'll engage with a very experienced development team locally, a, a development management group locally, whether as we bring them on as a fee, a fee developer or we bring them on as some sort of consultant or we bring them on as a joint venture partner. And then basically, then from there, what then we'll do is we'll go ahead and also fill in another key component, which of whatever the bank will require for us to, 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 to utilize, right? Like on this deal, we've been in great discussions with some other groups for, to be able to talk about bring, bringing in a, a key principle, right? Because we do, we do understand and we do know that rapid growth is still fairly new. So that's how, that's how rapid growth works, specifically joint ventures. And we love the joint venture model because it allows us to grow very quickly, extremely quickly. One discussion with one large group could literally put us at a stratosphere that it could take another group maybe 10, 15 years to go to get to, right? So that's just our model is that we try to, we're trying to build it not necessarily rapidly, but in a very succinct, well thought out manner that could put us in a position where 50 years, I'm sorry, where 10, five to 10 years from now, we could maybe potentially have like, our goal would be maybe $50 billion in AUM, right? But you don't know. I mean, I could, I could walk down the street tomorrow and, and, and get hit by a car and die. God forbid. So, so that's rapid growth properties like strategic, uh, strategic positioning, uh, what we tend to look for, and what we actually look look at when it comes to deals. And our class, and our main focus on deals is we try to let it be class A, if we can, and then we try to get that class A at, at the best price possible, so that that way it makes sense for us to be able to do the deal. It underwrites. Uh, our investors are able to get their portion of, of, of their, their returns. We're able to get ours, and, our, and everybody in between lenders are also able to get their fees and their interest rates right. and everything else in between. How do you define uh, a Class A deal? So a Class A deal generally will be a building that is point blank, brand new, uh, one to five years. Actually, generally speaking, our model is a little bit different. Brand new development between one and if we're looking to buy it, it's about one to it's about one to five years old. But for us, we're looking for if we're if we're developing it, we're looking for more of a asset that we can take from the ground up that's brand new, basically. So that's how we define it, and we define it within the, within a, the best neighborhood in that area, um, in the best location, meaning the best neighborhood, uh, very low crime rates, if not any at all, uh, making sure that the area is 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 also 
fairly well-to-do in terms of the demographic so that that way our pricing and, and what it is that we're charging for the rent can actually be, be be met, basically. So that's how we define a class A asset. Generally speaking, between uh, for us, when we're in, a, in an acquisition target, one to five years, but generally speaking, since we tend to want to be more developers, it's finding it in a class A asset, class A locate, lo- location, and developing and building a class A asset, a brand new product. And within that brand new product, we tend to want to build more of a mid to high. And, and what I mean by mid to high is mid rises to high rises, or maybe maybe possible neighborhoods is what we'd love to focus in on. So maybe larger projects. But basically at this point, where we're at is we've realized that, hey, maybe we should tone it down a little bit and maybe do deals between maybe 10 and 50 million versus like 100 million to 500 million and to maybe even 1.5 million. Why tone it down? Oh, the reason being is because we're... <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Michael. Well, it's, we found it to be a bit difficult to to, to, to to obtain the capital at that at that level. Like, it's not that many groups, or, the, or at least we haven't discovered it just yet. So that's the reason why. Um, within the last two years that we've been open, um, we've had some great discussions. But what we found is that we found it to be not as... not as For as good as we are... Um, one thing we tend to find, Michael, and which is which is really odd, is whether it's like we run into a chicken and egg situation, right? One, like we'll have one, 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 one. Like I remember, we we, we had one one lender slash one lender that wanted to participate on the equity side, right? And we send them the deal. They they immediately said, "Hey, we want to engage with you guys right away. We'll take we'll do the debt, and we'll even bring in bring in the, the, the some of the equity that you're looking for. If not all the equity you're looking for." And then we said, "Great." The only thing that we need to do now is they were like, okay, the only thing that we want is we want to make sure that that, that the deal is tied up. And we're like, well, we, what we want to do is we want to make sure that we verify you first. We see your corporate debt, your, 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 your proof of funds, right? For us to make sure that that we don't get egg on our faces when we go ahead and we, 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 we move the deal along very quickly with our development partners that have been waiting for us. So basically, we tend to run into a chicken and egg situation in that, in that spectrum. So that we, we think that's one of the reasons why from our experiences. And then also too, there's in, in in between that time, it also takes time to raise capital, right? Especially when you're a little bit more of a newer institution. Even if you've been raising capital for other people, they want to see what's called a track record, right? So on our track record on our end, it's like okay, if we get the track record part done, then like then we have to maybe run into more. You know, sometimes we run into a little bit of a chicken and egg situation. So that's what we found it to be extremely yeah. difficult. Not extremely difficult, but we're trying to find other areas around it. So whether if it's some sort of maybe sign up a fund. So that that way we can be able to move a lot faster and then bring on more, more consultants and advisors. Maybe that could be one one avenue. But I think it's generally because we tend to be maybe a little bit newer. So that's the reason why. And we're still building, basically. So to be honest with you. Now, got to prove yourself. What, yeah. What's next for you, Derek? We have a couple minutes left. Um, you've obviously got a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, I am. I think it's fair to say you're ambitious. You're an ambitious guy. Um, what what would you what what are your hopes and dreams here? What would you like to see happen? Well, thank you, Michael, for that. Um, for me, I honestly just want to close one of our first, one of the few deals that we're working on now. I want to close them right, and then from there, I just want to continue to just really build build a good family office. You know, get into philanthropy, help a lot of people out, especially the disenfranchised. But I feel like the reason why I had to create this is because I was never allowed in the room, right? So because of that. I didn't have to turn around and, in some way, somehow create it. So for me, I just hope to just be, be, be some sort of an asset to someone else. You know, people, uh, people that are disadvantaged and being able to be, be an advantage to everyone, but also towards people that are disadvantaged. So that that way, I can show that hey, if I if, if I can do it, why can't they? 
Why weren't you allowed in the room? <laughs> if you knew back in uh, 2006 to 2011, and then and then being whether you know you know you know systemic racism, you know what's you know what's going on. I mean, to the point where even now, as we build a rapid. That's why I'm asking. I mean, I I obviously know what you're referring to, but I'm I'm, I'm curious on a personal level what what you what you had to overcome. <laughs> well, I had to overcome. Uh, well, first and foremost, what I had to overcome was just the fact of even when we're having discussions now, right? With like when we go out and, and we're, even though we're on the buy side, looking to buy, like even brokers that are that are that that are, they don't know us and don't know how well we are, they treat us with a certain disdain. Right. I'll give you an example. There's a ten billion dollar family office out in New York. We have fairly okay, like fairly good relationships with them, right? And we talk and we touch base with them here and there. And literally, there was another smaller group that's like half the size of that. That was not a person of color that was behind the company. Literally, the, that person of that person that was not a person of color that was behind that company wouldn't even give me a time of day to even say hi. Versus the other person that was, his company was twice as big. We sat there. We had like a good thirty-minute conversations. We had discussions. Got into yeah. got into phone calls to explore what we can do. So that's what I mean by that. And these are real from the lowest level to literal brokers to like to the point where like we ourselves are positioning ourselves to be more strategic and going to larger funds that are only specifically focused on people of color because we do understand that it's real. People have their biases. God forbid. I mean, it's sad to say. My job is probably two times harder than the next person if they weren't. You know, it's, it's it's a different it's a different experience, right? But the only thing that does give me a little bit of hope is tenacity, and I do have this this disability to be able to to just keep going, and just basically not stop, basically. So so I feel like that's been some of my personal experiences, just basically trying to be a lot more methodical. I mean, even to the point where maybe even posting this right here, I really didn't even want people to know that I'm behind Rapid. So even that, even for me, is questionable because it could cost me financing down the road. Because oh, they, they found out that hey, there's a the person behind it. Where for me, what I'm looking to do is I'm looking to actually put CEOs behind behind the company that are people of color, so that that way the company can grow and grow aggressively, right? So even posting this, I even have my questions about it because I do know that institutionally it could cost me later on. So just so that you know, you have a better sure. understanding of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that was um, very well said and very interesting. I want to remind everyone you've been listening to the Angel. Um, I'm Michael Conniff, your host. Subscribe to the Angel and the Accelerator podcasts on Apple, Amazon, Audible, and every other platform you can think of, including YouTube and Substack. And pardon me, not so well, Substack soon, actually. Substack is around the corner, but also um, Spotify. And um, um, I, I also want to thank our friend Derek uh, Nadiaco, who is uh, a senior vice president at Transbay Capital Partners and the yep. founder of Rapid Growth Properties. And Michael, and uh, you've been a great I want, guest. I here. wanted Thanks to add, we do have a lot of allies, though, just so that you know, and a lot of very good things that are happening. Yeah. People on both sides, right? Like color, sometimes it's not always the thin. It's all about green, and we do have a lot of allies in that. Where we're getting a lot of things done. Where on a on one project that we're looking at right now, and just very flowing on a very high level. We're actually about to get about thirty-three and a half million already. So, so things are moving very fast, very right. well. Yeah, you know, I think when when you said, you know, I'm not allowed in the room or I wasn't in the room. I mean, I think that people in my like me, you know, who's um, uh, metaphorically always been in the room, you know, it's it's important to hear people describe what it's like. People like you 
uh, people of color in particular, uh, or, or women sometimes, or, or whatever it might be, you know, to hear that story, because, you know, we, 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 those of us who were born on the right side of the fence, we take everything for granted, even, even though we don't mean to sometimes, but we really do. And so it's very, very important to say, to hear the stories of people who have had to fight their way up uh, like yeah. yourself. So thank you for sharing with, with us. That's not the easiest thing to share, but I think, I do think it, it was important. And thanks for being our guest on, uh, on the angel today. Thank you, Michael. Well, we'll I look to forward to you. talk to you after. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we have a lot to talk about. Um, thank you everybody, um, for listening to the angel. Um, that's it for today. Uh, but remember, we'll be back with another podcast before you know it.